This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Enterprise this morning. My name is Rich Bradbury. It's 10.05 here in the studio on Monday, the 6th of November, coming up to 10.06. In the studio with me right now is Daryl Wong. Uh, He's from Nebula. Now, Nebula is a cloud gaming platform founded locally in Malaysia. They're like uh, Netflix for gaming. With Nebula, gamers can start playing all the latest games from their smartphone, from their tablet, and old laptops too. All you need is good internet. This means gamers no longer need to buy a console or a gaming computer, and in fact, they don't even need to buy the games. I'll be speaking with Daryl, the founder of Nebula, to learn more about what they do and what makes them unique within this industry. Daryl, welcome to the show. Hey, Richard. Thanks for having me. How are you this morning? Good, good. Very well. Uh, let's have, uh, let's start off with, uh, I guess, the, the creation of Nebula. Um, how does... I guess, how does a local gaming culture influence your platform? So if we look at a local gaming culture, right now actually in Malaysia, gaming is extremely popular. Mm. So some 22 million uh, Malaysians are actually gamers, right? And if we look at um, the most important actually gaming culture that's actually important to Nebula, it's actually something from a bygone era from 2000s, the cyber cafes. So I'll detour a little bit and I'll talk a little bit about the cyber cafes and why they're important, right? So... Nebula is a cloud gaming platform mm. powered by gamers. So yes, one thing, yes, you are allowed to use any device you want to start gaming uh, all the latest titles. Powered by gamers literally means that when you're connected to Nebula, you're not playing from uh, you know Nebula's company servers. You're actually playing from somebody, somebody else's gaming computer. Mm. So somebody's actually turning on their gaming computer, hosting that PC and their game library for you to play from. In exchange, you're paying an hourly rate um, to them for hosting the hardware. Uh, I see. So you see, uh, with the cyber cafes, right, they solve a huge problem for me, right? So mm. because for me, it's a peer-to-peer marketplace. It's two-sided. So there's a chicken and egg question. Mm. So then to solve that, the supply has to come first. That's what provides value. So we went to the cyber cafes, right? And um, after COVID, they're kind of dying. Mm. They have a lot of computers, not a lot of footfall. So we brought all their computers online and they help us uh, more or less, you know, kickstart the service. Oh, so a great idea. Yeah. And and so these people who are hosting these games then, and and I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that they get a, a, a percentage and you will get a percentage as well. And it's a kind of this nice balancing act. Correct. It's, it's exactly like uh, Airbnb. Right. So you kind of, um, so right now we're charging four ringgit an hour. Okay. Right. And then for the hosts, um, depending on your computer specs, the higher your specs, the higher earning power. Mm. And you can get anything from 50 to 70% of that four ringgit an hour. Obviously that pricing can change in the future. Um, mm. There could be a subscri- subscription package sometime in the future. Uh, for now, that's the hourly rate. How long have you guys been running that? So the first line of code, I wrote it in middle of 2021. Uh, you say we, but it's actually only me for oh, now. Wow. Uh, so uh, it's still currently still a one-man team. Um, but yeah, so I started writing code for it in middle of 2021. And we have the prototype out now. Uh, it's in public beta release mm. for everyone to try. Why did you decide to do it, though? I mean, okay, you, you say you identified this problem. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a gamer yourself, I, mm-hmm. I assume. But why choose in the middle of a pandemic to start a business? So, okay, I'll go through the whole story of why uh, this was a problem for me. So this was a problem for me because, um, I mean, as a child, I play a lot of games. Yeah. But growing up, it's not like mommy and daddy is going to buy me a PlayStation every time I want. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, how, how am I going to solve this problem? I remember when I was about 12, I wanted to play Assassin's Creed. 
right? And that was mm. when I realized I needed a graphics card. I needed to buy this and that and put together a gaming computer. It's too expensive, not mm. sustainable. And obviously, I didn't know much about technology then. But around 2017, uh, I just finished uni. And I uh, started learning about technologies then. I figured, hey, this, this, this could work. Right, but at the time, uh, internet wasn't mass ad- fast. Internet wasn't mass adopted yet, mm. so I felt like okay, timing wasn't off. But around middle of twenty twenty one, COVID, everyone's stuck at home, mm. right? And internet by then was pretty good. I thought, okay, I saw Google Stadia, right? One of my competitors who is now defunct. Um, they thought it was a good time to enter this market, mm. so that kind of gave me a sort of validation, vindication to. Maybe it's time to let's come back to this idea and let's work on it. Mm. I mean, there are other competitors on the market who do slightly different things. You know, not like Stadia. We've got, you know, a Boosteroid Shadow, Amazon Luna, uh, GeForce Now is a big one, PlayKey mm-hmm. and a few others. Mm-hmm. What do you do differently to these guys? Uh, yep. I mean, obviously, you're local. So that's obviously helping out with stuff like uh, internet connectivity and, and latency and things like that. But mm-hmm. what else do you do? So I'll talk about more of only this, the business side of it, mm. right? Less of the local. Um so we'll talk about, let's say, GeForce now. Yeah. So most of these cloud gaming platforms come from huge companies, but they generally get maybe two or more things wrong. So let's say NVIDIA, NVIDIA GeForce now, they you subscribe to it, something like 15 US dollars per month, but the games are sold separately. Right. Right? It's a bit like subscribing to Netflix, but still having to pay for each movie you want to watch mm. individually. Mm. Feels kind of silly to me. Um, uh, and also, let's say Google Stadia, they charged us, what, 99 US dollars per month. That might work for Americans, not so much for Southeast Asia. It's pricey. It's too pricey. Mm. And they only have about, what, 100 plus games or so. And in contrast to what's actually available out there, there's over 50,000 games out there for you to choose from. Mm. 100 plus games just doesn't cut it. Mm. So what Nebula does differently is this. Yes, we're cloud gaming, so you can use any device. Second, games are included for an affordable price point of four ringgit an hour, right? Games are included, flat rate, no hidden costs. And lastly, because of the fact that, okay, anyone can be a host, Say, Richard, you have your own game library. I have my own game library. We both become hosts. Our games get aggregated into a shared library, right? It becomes longer. Mm. So let's do that around the world, right? At critical scale, you quite literally can get every game in the world, assuming, obviously, you know, all the business licenses pan out and everything. Mm. Mm. But in terms of potential, technicality, we can actually get every game in the world. So let's say, for example, I'm hosting a game um, and I am the only one hosting the game. Mm. And a user comes online who has been playing that game for a while. And for whatever reason, that particular day, I decide not to uh, switch on my machine. Mm -hmm. That user can then not play that game. Is that correct? Yes, that's technically it. So that's my job to make sure that there are enough computers online. So then the way we're going to counteract that is basically having a hybrid solution. Mm. Right. So unlike Grab, let's say Grab has, um, you know, not enough. There's too much demand, not enough supply. They can't just kind of turn on cars and go out and pick Mm. up passengers. For us, we can do that. We'll turn on a hybrid data center, right? Install the games that you like on it. And uh, basically, if there's not enough supply to meet the demand, we will turn on those computer, uh, those data centers. Right. And of course, the one the one thing with this is that it's reliant on, you know, um, internet connectivity and high speed internet connectivity. At that, Mm -hmm. how do how do you get around that? I mean, obviously, not everybody has access to high speed internet. Yeah. Uh, is this something that you kind of explain to your users first? There's no point you kind of subscribing to our service unless you have a high speed internet. Yes, so we do say that there is a minimum internet requirement and we recommend around at least 30 to 50 Mbps. If you get 100 Mbps, that's very, very smooth. Mm. So, okay, I'll go a bit nerdy here. So anyone please, who plays, please do. Yeah, so anyone who plays Elden Ring, you will know who Melania is. Melania is kind of like this huge boss fight and one of the 
toughest boss fights you can have in gaming all time. Yeah. Right. And I did manage to beat Millennia using a MacBook Air 2013 that's supposed to be thrown away using 120 Mbps. Right. And it was it was good enough. Right. Mm. I could you know dodge all her attacks and everything and still beat her. So to me that that is an important uh, landmark. Another one to me it's the most important is something called the Daigo Parry. Right. So Daigo Parry is something from um, a Street Fighter um, competition years back in like 2003 where you had to, you know, really block everything in that parry, mm. uh, frame by frame. And if you didn't have a good enough internet, you could not um, do that. So Daigo Parry is something that we do want to reenact, just to show that uh, we can fix this latency issue. Mm. How are you fixing the latency issue, then? Mm-hmm. Is it just streamlining the code as well? Yeah, so a few things. So in terms of the code, we are going to optimize it, make sure data's, uh, the data that we're sending through the internet is smaller, faster, more optimized. But an important thing is also geofencing, mm. right? So you as a host, uh, me as a player, let's say, I wouldn't want to play from a host that's all the way in New York when I'm in Kuala Lumpur, right? That makes no sense. Right. So what we do is we have a native Nebula VPN, right? It's a VPN that's as good as your NordVPN, your Surfshark is commercial great. We offer that for free for now, just so that we can make sure that you're actually playing from uh, a host that is nearby to you. So, uh, so let's say in Southeast Asia, we'll channel all network through the, the Singapore VPN server. So you could be in Vietnam, Thailand, doesn't matter. You go through the Singapore. Mm. In future, there'll be a Berlin one, Sydney one, London one, something like that. And so that VPN serves as a second thing as well, right? Like every thing that happens within your game session is encrypted end-to-end, so nobody can from the outside can peer in and snoop around. Mm. Okay, let's take a short break here. Uh, folks, I'm in the studio with Daryl Wong from Nebula. Uh, they're a cloud gaming platform founded locally here in Malaysia. They're like the Netflix of gaming. If you have any questions for myself or for Daryl, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number, 018-789-8899. And of course, we are on X at BFM Radio. We've got a short break coming up with some music from Marvin Gaye. We'll be right back in a few minutes here on BFM. 89.9. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by Bosspoly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Blues, folk, metal. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bosspoly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Open for Business this morning. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm here in the studio with Daryl Wong from Nebula. They're a cloud gaming platform founded locally here in Malaysia, and they're like Netflix for gaming. Any questions for us, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899. Daryl, just before the break, we were talking about um, internet and latency and something else. Uh, But let's just move on from that for just a second. Let's talk about some of the partnerships that you've managed to sign up. Uh, I know you were thinking about talking to some of the the local telcos and things, right? Yep, yep. So to answer the previous question as well about latency, right, um, we're we're also talking to telcos, right, uh, and also about how we can partner up with their 5G offering, Mm. bundle it together, maybe offer it to everyone, make it faster, make it more accessible, um, and, yeah, offer that to people. As part of one of the add-on packages, perhaps, for uh, subscribers and things. Yes. uh, So we haven't figured quite out the mechanism. And also, I mean, it's still early stages. Mm. We're still just talking. Nothing is signed. Nothing is, uh, you know, um, solid ironclad yet. Mm. But it is in conversation, and they are excited and interested in it. Ah. Good stuff. So when we do talk about partnerships, and obviously we have a lot of game developers here in Malaysia. There's, a, there's quite a few publishers as well. Are you in, in chats with some of these too? And overseas publishers? Yes, very much so. So for we'll talk a little bit about licensing here in a sense, right? So 
Nebula wants to kind of um, do for game publishers what Spotify did for music publishers. Right. What in the sense is that um, every time somebody plays the game publishers' games on Nebula, they get a cut, mm. right? And this is important for them just because if you think about the global gaming market right now, it's about 230 billion, right? Over 50% of that's mobile gaming, right? If you look at Southeast Asia, over 70% of that mobile gaming. So mobile gaming is clearly this, you know, much it's growing extremely fast rapidly taking over the whole market mm. and there's not a whole lot that the game publishers can do about it mm. right because of this hardware barrier hardware cost barrier yeah right you can't expect somebody to just fork out three thousand ringgit buy the hardware just to play your game right so nebula can take away that ceiling immediately right at zero integration and almost little to no upfront cost for them all mm. we need is permission to do so mm. right and so we are talking to some of the biggest game publishers and they are excited they they can see how this can open up a brand new market for them and access um, this mobile gaming market mm. how do you even ent- enter into those conversations though i mean like you say you're a one man team right now yeah. you know you're coding you're making sure everything is working correctly you're obviously having to raise funds for this which we'll talk about in a minute and then you're having to go out and have these conversations with publishers and developers and one thing where do you find time to do it first and foremost and how do you just start those conversations you just fire off a random email or or uh, touch base via linkedin so i'll be honest uh, i've tried all of that you know cold calls Mm -hmm. um and knocking a lot of doors locally internationally doesn't do a whole lot when you're just some guy in an apartment, right? right? Yeah. So the answer for me to that was basically uh, my investor, Bcash yeah. from Lead Capital. That's what I was so, going to get to next. Yeah, yeah so uh, I will speak about the whole fundraising journey, right? So mm. I've been doing fundraising for quite a while, right? Also, again, knocking on, knocking on doors locally, internationally, and mostly got pretty lukewarm kind of interests, mm. right? And some of them said they would commit, not really, until I guess I can understand why. I think most investors don't really pay too much attention or they're quite insulated to the gaming industry. Mm. And game tech just doesn't sound as sexy as fintech, right? I think um, so. For now, at least. Yeah, for now, at least, maybe. Um, so eventually, I did some uh, come across uh, Bikesh's table. And he understood the gaming industry. He could see the whole bigger bigger picture. Right. And he helped me knock on all these doors and helped me open those doors. And so that's how the conversation started with a lot of these bigger mm. game publishers, game developers, and even other corporate partnerships uh, that I've been having. Do you think that discussion, or, or rather that excitement around game tech and fintech, why mm. do you think it's not as exciting for mm. some of the investors? Or Because as you've seen, mm. it, it's a growing market. It's only going to grow. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they, they take it less seriously? I think just because of the stigma of gaming, right? Gaming, oh, it's, it's immature. It's for kids. It's mm. not really for the big boys, right? So fintech is generally look at the entire, it's very sexy to look at the entire financial industry and mm. think, yeah, I want, I want a slice of that big pie. Right. Uh, but I think uh, that trend has slight, slight started to move away from the, um, that stigma, mm. right? People are starting to realize, hey, this gaming industry is getting huge mm. and we should probably start jumping on that wagon before it gets too late. I mean, I, I think the discussion, as you say, is around mobile game, mobile devices, right? Every single, almost every single person has a mobile device. Correct. And I would hazard a guess that around 75 to maybe 80% of those people will have at least one game mm-hmm. on their phone, you know, whether or not yep. it's like a basic tic-tac-toe kind of get whatever it is. Yep. So arguably, you could call them a gamer. 
You know Correct. what I mean? And that yep. should be part of mm-hmm. the pitches, I'm guessing, when you know, you're know you going to speak to these funders. Everybody at some point is a gamer, right? Yes, because like all these people, maybe you know, right now they're only used to these like, you know, Fruit Ninja, or very casual gaming, mm. right? But the thing is that people who are mobile gamers, they didn't sort of like choose, hey, you know what? I just want to be a mobile gamer, right? Mm. It's mostly because it's just too expensive mm. to play on PC or console. Mm. Just to give you a num- some numbers, right? On average to start gaming uh, in Southeast Asia, costs about 650 US dollars. Right. The median salary here in Southeast Asia is about 710. So just by numbers like that, it just at least half of Southeast Asia finds it difficult to actually start playing on PC or console. And they don't really have a choice, right? They kind of just sit in the sidelines watching somebody else play the game they want to play. So they just stick to mobile. That's the alternative. Mm -hmm. Now Nebula can kind of take that away, right? Completely change the dynamics of that. Mm. You can now access all the PC console gaming straight from your phone. All you need is good internet. Especially now that we're getting 5G kind of rolled out in a lot of other places, right? Mm -hmm. How do you foresee yourselves then um, achieving profitability in in the future? So uh, at Nebula's very core right now, it's about finding product market fit, yeah. right? At the end of the day, we want to make a great product that people love. And, but beyond that, we are looking at all kinds of, uh, I guess, partnerships again, um, right? I, I can, so I saw, you know, we can think about, let's say, like in-flight entertainment. That mm. could be pretty interesting, right? And Marseille Alliance recently just uh, allowed, what is it, they're giving out free Wi-Fi now yeah. on, on, on the planes. So yeah, if anyone wants to bring cloud gaming to the clouds, you know who to contact. <laughs> uh, you know, I can, we can also put this into, um, let's say, in pre-installed on um, TVs, smart TVs, right? And your smart TV is now a whole lot more valuable. It can just become a console on itself. And there's all kinds of ways, but at the end of the day, the core thing here is just build a great product, let people get a good gameplay out of it. Mm. I mean, right now you you are localized, right? But yes. obviously, I'd imagine on your kind of uh, future blueprints, there's expansion, regional expansion. Uh, what's that kind of thought process been like for you right now? I mean, like I said before, you're a one-man show. and This might not be top of mind right now, but mm-hmm. it's certainly something I'm guessing you've thought about, right? Yes, so Nebula is meant to go global, right? It's pure software business. It can go global pretty quickly. And it kind of already did, um, in not, not, not to say global, but... So right now I'm targeting Malaysia and Southeast Asia as a whole because that's kind of where it's expensive to play yeah. games. But 20 plus percent of my users are already from US and Europe and I didn't have intent for that, but mm. people are. So in a sense, uh, it is probably going to happen sooner or later. Um, so uh, it is in in my horizons and I will plan for it regardless. What do you think about overall then, the kind of idea and, and what... Uh, let's talk about some of the challenges before I let you go, mm. right? It, you're a one-man team. You've obviously worked hard. Um, What are some of the challenges that you've encountered uh, during this process? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are quite a few. And how have you managed to get around them? So I'll talk about, I guess, from a personal side and business side. Right From a personal side, you, you're constantly having to convince, I guess, uh, your friends and family that you're not crazy. That you're not going crazy. Yeah, and yeah. not going crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that you're definitely working on something that could work uh, and you kind of have to constantly hope, you know. Uh, and also, I guess, uh, mental health, right? You're kind of constantly having to wake up, make a routine, wake up every single day and do the do the work even though yeah. you don't see the results immediately. And I uh, did that for, what, years before uh, I actually saw anything so and also the business side yeah fundraising that was tough right you constantly get rejections mm. uh, all the time mm. and also business side having knock on these doors as a guy from a you know the one-man team mostly don't get any answers so a lot of these uh come as challenges that you just kind of have to weather through yeah have you thought about taking other people on board 
Yes. So now that we're funded, so incidentally, just last Friday, we closed our seed round with Lead Capital. Uh, and so now we're looking to expand the team, uh, get more engineers on board and really, you know, blow this up. So we're right. off to the races. Absolutely fabulous stuff. Uh, Daryl, thank you very much for joining me on the show this morning. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, if you want to find uh, any more information about uh, Daryl, of course, and of, uh, of course about Nebula, head over to their website. It is nebula.my. Uh, and if you have any more questions before we wrap up, 018-789-8899 is the U-Mobile WhatsApp number. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We've got some music coming up. Uh, that's it for Enterprise Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBerlay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.